You're listening to the Here's the Deal podcast. If you would like more information or would like to connect with the show, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Here's the Deal podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. What is up, podcast listeners? You're listening to the Here's the Deal podcast. And like always, I'm Dominic Kendall. And I'm joined by Luke Chris. Luke, I'm now asking you, how are you doing? Uh, are you doing purred happily? Yeah, some of my favorite. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, so uh, Luke is here, and um, we have a busy day because um, as student pastors, we have lots of things to set up on a Wednesday, and and uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. And so uh, just know that we, we hopped in here because we know you guys are just itching for more of slowly walking through the book of Mark. And this one's a good one. Um, this is this is a this is one that oftentimes you'll look at in the scriptures and go, nah, I don't really need that. Uh, or I can just look past that when it's actually something really cool if you look into it. And so, um, oh my gosh, I was going to tell you something. Um, it was really funny. What? Uh, Did you forget? No, it was, I was watching Parks and Rec yeah. today at lunch. And um, and it was the one where they did the campaign thing with ice and stuff. With and the ice. W- with the ice skating rink. And then... And then they have oh, Pete. and the red carpet. Pete. Yeah, and and when Pete uh, Pistol Pete jumps to to dunk it and yeah. he falls down, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh!" And Andy's dying <laughs> in the background. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Oh no, oh, you guys man. care so much about Parks and Rec. It's my favorite funny show. Many people like The Office. I'm a big Parks and it's Rec fan. And when he was dying, holding Champion in his arms, I'm just I lost it. It was so good. <laughs> so um, on today's episode, we're going to be talking through part of Mark two. Um, specifically, we're going to be looking at um, Mark 2, 18 through 22. Um, you want me to read that for us? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. It says this, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to them, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guest fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from from it, and the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts a new wine into an old wineskin. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed. And so are the skins, but new wine is for fresh wineskins. Tell me everything that means. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the basic basic point that he's making, that Jesus is making right now, um, in the simplest terms, is that the new and the old do not mix. They don't clash very well. Yeah. Um, oh, may have just broken my mic. That's okay. Um, just yell really loud in mine. Um, so, um, what's happening is fasting in the days of old, um, in the Old Testament, there are different ways and different mandates for fasting. And there's times where whole nations and the whole nation of Israel were called to a fast. Um, and there's sometimes people fasted personally for sin and for times like that, uh, for sorrow, for times of loss. Yep. Uh, really, there's there's only 
really one mandated fast in for the that is a consistent mandate fast, which is the Day of Atonement. There would be a a, a nationwide fast uh, for the nation of Israel. Um, and so, but what the what the what people would begin to do, especially the Pharisees, um, they actually would fast twice a week, which was on Monday and Thursday, and they would fast. They would fast twice a week. So um, for some to really honestly seek after the Lord and for a way of discipline, but for some it was simply to show their uh, superiority to everybody else, um, to fast. And, and many times, like Jesus would say in Matthew, they, he would warn people, when you fast, don't do like the, the Pharisees do. Because they, they would fast, and, and on these two days when they would fast, they would make it a big scene going, oh, man, I'm so tired. People go, why? I'm fasting for the Lord. And they'd go, oh, wow, you're so, you're so holy. Wow. And they're oh, like... They weren't British. And, well, I don't... Man, the, have you ever read the King James? <laughs> they totally are. And, and they're just... And many times they would do this for show. And they would do this thinking that this would cement them spiritually with the Lord because this is a, a depriving oneself of things. And they're not seeing Jesus' disciples do this. Yeah. They're seeing them just party hard, um, and they're not fasting. I mean, it was... For, for the Pharisees, it was a, um, a works-based pursuit of holiness uh, for sure which cannot be attained nope. um, unless you're Enoch I don't know what he did I just would love to meet him I think he's an awesome guy well the good news is you will I don't know uh, he'll be too close to the throne yeah right next to Glenn Metz I don't know who that is he's a pastor in East Tennessee what's up Glenn um, I don't think he listens you're right <laughs> But um, so they're they're having the discussion about fasting. Should they fast? Why why are they not fasting? Yeah. Because this is the upper echelon of spiritual activities that you do is to fast. Most common people would not fast. So you're un you, uh, you would be uh, for they would consider you spiritually elite and super faithful to the Lord if you fasted. Yeah. And how's the how are these people being able to do that and get away with not fasting? And so, um, where am I right here? He says this, um. The disciples of the Pharisees and the disciples of John, they fast, mm -hmm. but your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, this is, this is weird. If you don't know anything about the Bible, then this is just a really weird question um, or a really weird response. It says, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. And so what, what they're alluding to is in, in the culture in which they lived, when there was a wedding... It wasn't just like a day. Mm -hmm. You know these weird people? And I don't know if you're listening and you like celebrate your birthday week. Stop. <laughs> like I, like, I think like, that's more of a female thing. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pushing out like any binary things to, to this one thing. But if you celebrate a birthday week, I know what you're trying to do. I've seen some birthday months on Instagram. That has to stop now. I mean, Take it easy. but that's what where, I want to say. But to where you're taking this is they're probably more biblical in the way that they celebrate for an extended period of time. Yeah, they're about to enter into a covenant before the Lord. Not look at me. I was so 27, but now I'm 28. Yeah, well, what, they're celebrating Take it easy. <laughs> their first birth. Right. Oh wow, it's a week rebirth. to your birthday. Wow! Yay! No, but I'm, I'm glad it's your birthday. 
Um, and so my thing is this. When you have a wedding in the old times, it was a week festivity. It was a week of, of celebration. If a not week far of, longer. Uh, and, and a week of looking forward to this moment of, of uh, a wedding where, where a man and a woman would enter into a covenant that God beautifully made. That's a really, it's a pre-fall covenant that God would give them to, to, to enter into. And it's beautiful. and It's awesome. And so um, it was a celebration. And one of the things that happened is there was uh, once a rabbinical priest who uh, made, a, made a declaration saying that you are absolved of your uh, religious duties that would get in the way of joy during um, the during the, um, the the wedding week yeah the wedding feast and, and 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 all of that so if you had a prescribed fast now normally they wouldn't do this during a mandatory fast of the whole entire nation they normally yeah. don't schedule weddings then uh, but if there was a fast or if there was something going on that would have prevented you from truly celebrating that covenant they would have had before the Lord and celebrating this time um, then then you would be absolved from that. So if that was fasting, you would be absolved from doing that. Even uh, for some who weren't Pharisees, were just common people, but still adopted fasting twice a week, you would be absolved from having to do that. Yeah. Not because those aren't important, but because you're, you're focusing in on celebrating yeah. something God's ordained. It's a joyous time, Yeah, which is really what um, the main question being asked at a surface level here is, hey, Jesus, how come your disciples aren't fasting? Um but the question that we should walk away with from reading this text is not why aren't his followers fasting, but hey, Pharisees, hey, other disciples, how come you're not celebrating? No. Like, I'm here, I'm in your presence. Because what we see here, this, this language, is that Jesus is the bridegroom. He's yeah. the groom. They, they, they waited and, and patiently and with great anticipation for the time the groom goes to get his bride, right? And the groom has come. And it's, uh, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of rejoicing. It's a time of... Uh, and that's why he says at the end, he says... Uh, well, let me hit that bridegroom while you're looking for that. Yeah. That's, that's another really cool thing. We've talked about um, just Jesus flipping the script so much um, and bringing in new things, a new way of life, a new covenant, um, his upside-down kingdom. He is, in many ways, again with this illustration, he is announcing the arrival of the kingdom. And one of the things about the Old Testament, when the Old Testament refers to the bridegroom coming to get his bride, it refers to God the Father. Um, it never refers to the Messiah as being the bridegroom, which is really, really awesome what's happening here is Jesus is, again, flipping the script, saying, not only am I the Son of God, uh, God in flesh, but I am the Messiah and I'm the bridegroom. It's just like a beautiful thing he's saying that I am God in your midst and I've come to save. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and here's the thing, Jesus is pro-fasting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Jesus would actually, he assumed it. If you, look in, uh, he, if you look in the Sermon on the Mount, he assumed that his followers would fast. Fasting is beneficial. Um, it's beneficial yeah. s- spiritually. It is a beautiful time of, of uh, purposefully depriving the body of, uh, in this time, food. Um, food, so that you, when those hunger pains hit, it reminds you of your your need for Jesus, who who alone can satisfy. And so there's that idea for of, a greater joy, a yeah, lasting joy. Yeah, that His satisfaction is greater than that burger or even that kale salad for those of you who eat at Sue's salad. That's an easy win. Yeah, and so um, uh, with that being the case, 
he says this. So he's already said that we celebrate when the bridegroom... We're not fasting because we're celebrating. Yeah. And he says in verse 20, the, day, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's really unique about weddings back in the day is that it... Um, Do you know the name of that documentary again? No, I'll have to I'll tell it, and I'll, I'll text my wife and um, see if she'll tell me. But... Um, no, nah, I was going to try to call her in on the thing. But she's got the <laughs> that kids. Would, that would probably end well yeah. uh, terribly for all of us. Um, but there is a documentary on Amazon Prime that talks about weddings and the language there. Um, but one of the things that happens is in the weddings is that, like, unlike my wedding, I left before the guest left, right? Yeah. That's a very uh, Western way of doing a wedding. So... I left, like I left, me and Meredith got in the royal blue Chevy Equinox Mm. and we drove to Atlanta um, after we got married, which is a terrible decision. Where'd you go on your honeymoon? Uh, We went to Charleston, um, South Carolina. Carolina. South Carolina? Yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful. Um, And um, we rode horsebacks through an old plantation, like vineyard thing. It was incredible. I rode a horse next to an alligator. (laughs) What? Take it easy. It was awesome. And so, um, but... That's so, like, not you or Meredith, I feel like. Well, the horseback riding was totally Meredith. She likes to ride horses? She's been, she's, her dad used to own uh, a ton of horses. Really? Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, so it was great. Hurt like death, but it was great. And so it, we left the wedding before everybody else did. Yeah. But back in the day, they would normally have the wedding at the, the home of the father, the bride, or, the, or wh- whoever was hosting the wedding. And it would actually be all the guests that leave. Mm-hmm. And so this is flipping the script on at some point during the celebration that, oh my gosh, he's here, he's here, he's here. Yeah. He's going to be taken. Yeah. He's going to be gone. And it's this moment of... That's good. That's a moment where fasting is going to take place of sadness. Because fasting can take place in, in repentance. Sadness can be uh, taking place when you are trying to make decisions or disciplines or seeking the Lord in prayer. But it's also a time of mourning and sadness. Yeah. David would weep and, and fast many times, even over his own sin, yeah. um, even over loss of his son with Bathsheba um, and all of that. There were times where he would fast and he would call for national fast just because of mourning. Yeah. And he's saying, there's going to come a time for you to fast and f- for there to be pain and sorrow and, and, and that will come, but not now because yeah, I'm, I'm here. This is a feast yeah. celebration. Yeah. Which I think is good. And, um, and then he goes into these different, um, then he goes into all these different things. Take us through. Um, let's see. What does he take us through? He the wedding, the, cl- the cloths, the wedding, the cloth, the wine skin. Yeah. So um, what about the cloth? What does that mean? Where is, what verse is that? And why are they no trying one? to put, whole uh, patches on garments they're supposed to be ripped well i mean the, it's the trendy fashion i think the i think the main thing that one of the things that jesus does when he responds to critics mostly religious critics is he will always answer them um, generally first at a superficial level kind of a shallow level in the same way they're asking the questions and then he will also give them a deeper theological answer um, that they often won't understand um, and superficially they say, how come you're not fasting? And he says, you know, I'm here. Why would they fast? I'm literally here. Um, but then he takes it deeper and he gives these three illustrations, which that's also what I love about Jesus is he is just such a good storyteller mm-hmm. and he uses illustrations of the day that people understand. Yes. Um, 
He 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 was for his generation and for his time doing the Gen Z translation. So what he says here is first he gives us the superficial. You know, I'm here. Why would they? Why would they fast? I'm in the celebration. Yeah, the, we should be celebrating. And then he gives us these um, three illustrations. And again, the whole point of these illustrations is that the old is gone, that the new has come, that you cannot mix and fit in um, fit in old covenant, old uh, religion with the new covenant that mm-hmm. Jesus is bringing, with a new life, right? In Christ, we're a new creation. Yeah. We're not reformed. We're not um, fixed up. We are a totally new person, a new creation. And that's what he's showing, that he has come to do a new thing. Yeah, um, a new thing. That's right. Anyway, so um, with that being the case, one of the things I, I saw in one of the commentaries I was looking at when, when looking for this is uh, it said that what he was doing was not compa- what, what he was doing was so new that it was not compatible with the old. Yeah. And so it wouldn't fit. What he was trying to do with John, like what John the Baptist was doing, it just didn't fit. Yeah. What the Pharisees were doing, it wasn't. It wasn't just that it was. It was like you said, so new that it was completely. It was completely flipping everything on top. Yeah, it, yeah. it could not be handled by the system that was already in place. It was a new thing. It I was love this salvific. line. Love this line. It says, "The new wine of Christianity cannot be contained by the old wineskins of Judaism." That's so good. That's really good. Um, I love when people can say stuff like that. It's so yeah. fertigy. Um, well, it was theologically correct. So, Well, that's true. And listen, we're not saying that Stephen Furtick isn't theologically no, correct. No, we're saying that. But you shouldn't trust anything <laughs> he says. Um, but, you know, I, but I always have kind of con- wanted to know what is that stone in my life that the I need to roll it away. away. Um, but... <laughs> This is the thing. If we if we can if we can boil down anything about this is um, that one Jesus is uh, in this time and where this is take, taking place. Jesus was pointing to his presence and who he was is worth celebrating. Yeah. Um, far and above the religious practices of the day, that he was the focus of all those religious practices. Mm-hmm. He was the main pur- the main purpose, and all those religious um, uh, practices was. To, to seek after and look forward to the one who would come. And so it was a great celebration. And then next, that he was doing something salvifically yeah. that is great and new. And so now you and I get to be those people who are benefactors of that, yeah. that we we are part of that new wine and the new wineskin, how he's doing things. We're part of that. Um, but that doesn't mean that fasting doesn't have to be or doesn't need to be a part of um our lives. That's a that's a really beneficial discipline in the Lord. Have you ever fasted? Yeah, yeah. So um, generally, I would uh, fast whatever days that I was speaking, um, not like talking in general, but you know, speaking to students, mm-hmm. speaking to the church, whenever. Um, so, at my last job, um, it would be every Wednesday. I would fast the first two meals of the day, and I would yeah. normally have dinner after. Uh, student services, and I'm hoping to instill that back into this job whenever we get on a normal schedule. Not that we're talking about or anything, because we don't talk about fasting. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, you you do <laughs> One it. One rule of fasting: don't yeah, talk about it. Fast, um, or it doesn't come true. Yeah, there's that birthday wishes. That's, yeah, that's wishes. Um, hey, by the way, that um, 
if you want to know things that are really cool about weddings and uh, things like that for uh, in Old Testament times, uh, there is a documentary on Amazon Prime. It is called Before the Wrath. Before the Wrath. Yes. Um, it's based on true discoveries from the time of Christ. While most people no longer believe that Jesus is coming back, it does blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, and, it, and basically what it does is it talks to you about when Jesus is going to come back and kind of what the scriptures look like and all that. Yeah. And then it says... Um, and then it talks about when when Jesus comes in the night when the, he comes for it's an un, it's a time that you're not expecting. Yeah. Uh, you it actually he's using wedding language that's very familiar with the people there. Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's it's really cool to watch. I've watched about uh, 13 minutes of it. Um, it is only an hour and 24 minutes long, but Meredith filled me in beautifully um, with the rest of it. Yeah. So it's really good. But um, yeah, fasting, really important. Um, It's helpful. I've done it many times in my life, and through seasons it looks different. Uh, But I've always found it to be uh, beneficial, and the Lord really uses it to grow me closer to Him. So um, anything else you got? Yeah, I'd say two things. Um, Number one, super practical. Uh, Fasting is hard, and especially if you're like me and you get hungry like every two hours. Uh, Fasting is very hard. It is very exhausting. Um, and I am incredibly inconsistent with it. But saying all that, there have been very few things in my life that have given me a desperation for the Spirit and a constant awareness of God's presence um, in my daily life than fasting. Um, So that'd be my practical. And then just to close us out on Mark, I love this quote uh, by Warren Wiersbe. He says this, He says, how tragic when people hold on to dead religious tradition, when they could be, when they could lay hold of living spiritual truth. Why cherish the shadows when the reality has come in Jesus Christ? We have the fulfillment of all that God promised. Yeah, that's good. Um, Warren Buffett's always been one of my favorite people. That was a good quote. (laughs) Um, I like it. Um, Yeah, fasting's. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter who you are. Now, listen, it, we want to do make Do we, it healthily. Yeah, I was about to say, we need to make an, a disclaimer. Uh, fasting is the means, uh, it's a means to an end. It's not It's not the end itself. Please do not start with 40 days either. Yes, or supernatural, not eating or drinking. You'll die, yeah. okay? Uh, fasting is, is a means of making much of the Lord and seeking after the Lord. It's not about you, it's about Him. And so make sure you know that. Also, uh, it doesn't matter. You need to talk to your doctor. Ask your doctor if you need uh, of how you can fast based on medical issues. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're small or you're large. You can have a fatty fast, whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to do. It doesn't matter how what your size or whatever, but check with your doctor. One more practical advice. If you're fasting from social media, don't announce it. Please don't put it on social media. <laughs> hey, bro, listen, seeking Lord fasting. <laughs> Just wanted to tweet this real quick for you, okay? Because that doesn't, uh, I think that nego- like yeah, negates your, everything. Your reward is given to you right then and there. Yeah, you got your reward. Everybody knows you're trying to do something <laughs> spiritual. Thank you, Pharisees. Anyways, all right. Well, um, so don't announce your fast and don't tell everybody your Enneagram. We love you guys. Um, and uh, we hope this has been beneficial for you. And we will continue this on. Hey, make sure you're checking out the next few podcasts we have coming out. We have some great guests. We'd love for you to check them out. Uh, and while you're doing so, get a cup of Carl's Coffee at uh, carlscoffee.shop and then use the promo code Here's the deal for 20% off. We love you guys. Good coffee. Take it easy.